0: Okay, family, um, as you know, we've been going through the books of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 15, chapter 15, verse 30 through 41. Acts chapter 15, verse 30 through 41. And as you're looking for your place there, I want to share a quick story. Um, Years ago, years, years ago, I was out on a double date, me and my wife and a brother in Christ of mine, and we were out just having a good time. And what started as a great conversation began by a great meal and just a great time. We started talking about his church and how they did things over there and how we visited the church. And I had my opinions on how things were done. And next thing you know, we began to get into a conflict. We began to get in disagreements. And what 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 happened there was the most ugliest broken relationship that I've ever been in with a brother in Christ. Because I was so mad when I left that table. You've heard the expression of dropping the mic, right? You know, when someone just walks away. That's exactly what I did. And I don't say that with pride, I don't say that with, with joy, but I saw I asked for the bill. I saw the bill. I took out, I don't know, whatever it was in my pocket and I dropped it on the table, and I walked away. I wouldn't speak to him for about a year, for a whole year. And in my heart, I started telling myself, you know, I deserve better. I deserve for him to come and ask me for mercy, and for him to come and ask me for forgiveness. He hurt me. He didn't understand my hurt, my pain. I was just trying to communicate what I was thinking. And and in back of my mind, this is what I'm getting to, is that it was always about me, how he hurt me, how he offended me. Because the reality, and this is my first point as we go in the sermon, is that we will experience conflict with people around us. We experience it every single day. And in this case, it was a brother in Christ. And I mean, man, we did ministry together I mean, we would go out, we would evangelize the streets Monday, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. We had an online radio Christian ministry. We were doing Christian hip hop and rap before it got popular in Houston. We were doing all these things for the Lord. We were even teaching people how to go and share their faith. And this relationship was so strong, but yet it took a turn for the worse. Today, we're going to read about two apostles how they get into an argument and they separate ways. So let's go to Acts 15, verse 30 through 41. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. This is when the Gentiles received news that they don't need to become Jewish in order to be saved. They don't need to follow the law of Moses and the traditions to be saved, but they were saved by faith alone. So this is why they're encouraging, and rejoicing, and Judas and Silas, who were who were who were themselves prophets, encourage and strengthen the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time there, they they were sent off in peace by the brothers uh, to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch. These are the two apostles that we're going to see. They're going to have conflict. But these brothers did so much ministry together. They saw signs and wonders. They saw things that we can only imagine, but they did a lot of ministry together. Now watch. Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. He wanted to go back and go check on the churches. So he's like, hey, man, let's go encourage the brothers and sisters where we preach the gospel to, which makes sense. Now watch this. This is the beginning of the turning point. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul thought it best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Here it comes. And there arose a sharp Disagreement. Now, when I studied this word sharp disagreement, it's not like people screaming at each other. It's more like they wanted to hurt each other. That's the kind of disagreement they had. These are apostles. These are men chosen by God to do the work of God. Now watch this. So this disagreement happens. So they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark. And if you all don't know, that Mark is the same Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark. With him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Now, one thing that I want to see, and one thing that my first, my very first point, is that we will experience conflict. There's no doubt about it. How I experienced conflict with this brother in Christ, who we did so much ministry with. And we were so tight together. And we were unseparable. I mean, seriously. Like, he's like, you know, have you like one of those friends who you text him every day, you call them every day, you're praying together every day. You're doing everything, you know? Like, he comes to your house all the time to a point where he leaves his stuff there. You know what I mean? Right? That's the kind of friend he was. Now, I took my eyes off of Jesus. And I thought that it was best if I would receive forgiveness. The error that I committed there was that I was believing that I was deserving of mercy and forgiveness even though I was the offender. He offended me, but I offended him first. See, because conflict can't be stopped. It would never be stopped. And notice this in this text that we're reading about these apostles. Conflict happens, but they don't abandon the mission. Right. One goes to Syria, uh, to Cyprus, and the other one goes to Syria and Sicilia. They don't stop the mission in the midst of conflict. Our reaction, I don't know about y'all, man, but when I get when I get conflicted, I respond in two ways. I'm talking about me. You know yourself best. The way I respond to conflict is either a I'm going to go sit down and we're going to talk about this. Like we're going to talk it out. And if it takes an hour or two then great. If it takes four, then great. But we're going to talk it out. Or, what I'll do is I won't say anything. I have those two extremes in me. I won't say anything, and I will just walk away and be like, all right, that's cool. And I'll hold it in me. That's the way I address conflict. But see, my aim and my goal today is this. is how do we as brothers and sisters in Christ deal with conflict, because, see, no one told me how to deal with conflict. The church I had come out of, when you asked a brother or a sister in Christ how they were doing, their response was, they're blessed, highly favored, that they were good. So there was never conflict to see. Now, the way I learned, I don't know about y'all, but it's just the way I am. I learned by seeing and by hearing. And so what I saw and what I heard was, everybody's always good. No one ever got the problem. So my aim today is that we would learn how to address conflict with one another. Because we cannot be blinded by the fact that we will experience conflict with one another. But there is a gospel way in which we can be reconciled to each other. And my goal today is to make sure that you would know how to go talk to the brother or the sister that offended you. And I'm not talking about just the body of Christ. I'm talking about every relationship that you're in. Everyone. That leads me to my second point. Is that reality is that we're going to have conflict within relationships. The people we're closest to, we're going to have conflict with. And let me say this, family. Look, this is the saddest truth within the body of Christ. And I want to talk about this because it will affect you one way or another. Either now or later or it is. We're so quick to ask God for mercy. And we're so quick to tell the Lord, Lord, I know your mercies are new every day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that that you blot out my transgressions, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord, for that. But the moment someone crosses us, the moment someone offends us, the moment someone fails us, a wall goes up. That's sad because that's not what Christ did to us. He didn't put a wall. But that's what we do. That's why it's a sad truth, because we live our relationships like this. You hurt me. You offended me. Now I'm going to put a wall up. And see, these are the lies that the enemy spits out of. You deserve better. This is the reason why you shouldn't open up the people. Look how they hurt you. I told you they were going to hurt you. This is proof. Look, they're supposed to be Christians, and look at what they did to me. Look at how they hurt you. And all these lies, we begin to believe. We begin to believe these lies as though if it's the truth. Because, see, the enemy wants you to stay in the broken relationships that you are in. He doesn't want you to reconcile He wants you to have enmity and strife and unforgiveness and anger toward that person that hurts you. That's what he wants is that because that's the broken order of this world. That's what sin brought in. The reason why we have broken relationships with the people we love that are near and dear to us. And the people who are our coworkers and people that we deal with on a daily basis, the reason why they're broken is because we live in a broken world and we believe the lies of the enemy and they carry us through life. And we live with this sad truth that we ask God for mercy, we ask God for grace, and we want to feel that refreshing power of God on us. But we fail to pour out our hearts of forgiveness to those who hurt us. You know, that's the sad truth. And we believe those lies, but here is the truth of the gospel. The gospel says this, and hear me clearly. You don't deserve mercy. You don't deserve grace. You don't deserve anything. None of us do. But the beautiful part of the gospel is that Christ died for us in our brokenness when we had nothing to bring to him. So that means that he loved us in the messiest part of our lives. We could bring nothing to him. That's when he died for us. He didn't love you when you had it together. He loved you when you were an enemy, a sinner, without hope. You trespassed the law. And he died for you. On the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. We will have conflict in relationships. We will. But we have to be ready. Be ready to be the first ones to reconcile. This right here, brothers and sisters, is one of the hardest things to do. But I truly believe that what the Lord does through conflict, he causes growth. And some people may be like, what are you talking about? How is that possible? How is it that through conflict, God causes growth? Well, here's how. Number one, God uses conflict to put us in uncomfortable situations, to show someone undeserved forgiveness, to show... Someone radical mercy and grace. Do you know what that means? That's exactly what Christ did with you. Undeserved mercy, radical grace. Man, He gives us an opportunity to show others that same mercy and grace. Turn with me to Ephesians 4:23 real quick. Actually, 4:32. Ephesians 4:32. This is what this is what Paul wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 432. Yes, sir. Watch this. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You know, earlier this week, I was having breakfast with another brother in Christ. And as we're having breakfast, we were talking about, we've been doing a lot of ministry together and we've been rebuilding houses and man, we got a roof that's going up Monday uh, for this, this, this one lady who, man, she's actually come out here on a Sunday before. She's getting a new roof. And we're talking about other projects here in the north side. What we're going to be doing here in the next couple months. So we're having this breakfast meeting. And it was very informal. It was just kind of like last minute. You ever call somebody like, hey, you want to have lunch or breakfast? It was like one of those deals. And so we're having breakfast. And as we're having breakfast, he begins to lay out his plan of what he's going to do. And so I begin to ask questions. So those who know me, I like to ask questions. Now, I'm going to show you how bad, how, how bad this gets. As he's laying out his plan, I begin to ask question after question after question after question. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm really trying to hear this guy out and understand his point of view. His point of view is like, this guy keeps cutting me off and he will let me finish. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just imagine how that looked. because he began to get frustrated. He began getting mad. And when the moment that I saw him frustrated and mad, you know what I thought for real? What I really thought, how dare this guy? (laughs) Like for real, how dare he get mad at me? I'm trying to understand this guy's point to hear him out and his mind. He's like, man, this guy keeps cutting me off. I can't even finish my sentence. Well, it got pretty, it got pretty loud, and we actually meet at that place throughout the week, so people in there saw what was going on, and I think to myself, man, this is getting really ugly really quick, and I said, you know what, bro, let's let's just take the time, let's just pray, so we spent the next several minutes praying, and we began to reconcile, we began to talk about our hurts, and how he felt offended, and how I offended him, and I came out and I said very directly, man, look, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I know I offended you. I'm sorry. Within relationships, we will experience conflict. But me and you, every single follower of Jesus is called to be a minister of reconciliation, to seek the peace in a situation, not to fan the flame of anger. To seek the peace. In that moment, I had learned from my previous relationship with my first brother that I don't deserve to be forgiven. I'm the offender. So I saw myself first as a sinner, and that allowed me to open up to my brother, confess my brokenness, and our relationship still exists. And we talked yesterday. About some sheetrock for a house that we're doing. Listen to me, family. Conflict is painful. It is very painful. But it's an opportunity that God gives each and every one of us to show someone mercy and grace. And the way we walk through conflict, the very first step is to know that you're a sinner, that you have offended God that you could bring nothing to God and to admit you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a gut check. It hurts to admit when you're wrong. I mean, who likes to admit when they're wrong? Anybody? Marshall, put your hand down. (laughs) Put your hand down. We know you. (laughs) The reality, none of us do. But I'm going to tell you all something. If y'all want to learn and grow in Christ, to learn what it is to show extreme examples of grace, radical examples of mercy, the same ones that you ask for and you pray for. Give it to somebody else who doesn't deserve it. And you can say, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how they've hurt me. You know what? You are right. But I know what, I know what God's word teaches me is that God is the Lord of vengeance and he will take out his wrath on those who trespass against you. He's the one that will get vengeance. It's not you to get vengeance. You're not the brother or sister in Christ that gets vengeance. You're the brother and sister in Christ who calls people to reconcile themselves to God. And God is using you as that agent of change. So how you deal with conflict matters. We can't be passive about conflict either. Like my extreme example, walking away. I use this analogy every once in a while, but you wouldn't leave a wall of mold and paint over it and say it's okay. On the outside, it looks like it's perfectly fine, but in the back, it's festering up with mold and growing up the walls. Our relationships need to be addressed in a gospel-centered manner, and that's talking with the person that's offended you, that's sitting down with them, but knowing that you're a sinner first. You can't go with the mindset and say, Lord, I am praying for these people, Lord, that you would bring them to repentance, Lord. And <laughs> In reality, you're the one who's offended them because that's our view. They offended me. It's very rare if you get in a car accident that the person that that hits you say, oh, well, you know, it's my fault. Very rare does that happen. I've been in several accidents that rarely does happen. Most people say, man, you ran that stop sign or you didn't see me coming or I put my brake on and you didn't stop in time. It's always someone else's fault. That's the way we're wired. You know um, how I said conflict causes growth. There is an extreme example but I'll use a smaller example that happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm learning and growing through this, too, because those who know me know that I have a short temper. And I, I, I definitely this was like speaking to my heart all this week. But conflict causes growth. When we were at Home Depot with another brother in Christ, picking up material, doing things for the Lord, you know, worshiping Jesus. We were singing songs of praise. And we're at Home Depot. Anybody who's ever been to Home Depot to buy material and to load up their truck, you already know how long it takes for them to load up material. So we pay for the material, waiting for the guys to come out. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out with this fully loaded, like, I don't know, from like right here to like right there by sister Net. bunch of long wood. And he's pushing it by himself. You can, you can tell it's really, really heavy. And he looks at me and he says, is that your truck? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, move it! I need to, I need to, I need to load my lumber. And when he said, "Move it!" I need to load my lumber. I would love to say that, man, I, I began to to talk to this guy about Jesus, and we had a whole conversation about salvation. That's not what happened. At that moment, when he told me that, I'm like, mm, I'm praying for this guy, brother. I'm praying, Lord, that you save this guy. I was looking at my anger. Instead of using an opportunity to share undeserved love, because he didn't deserve love, but neither did we. What I did was at that moment, I just watched. And this brother in Christ, he goes and he says, is that your truck? The guy says, yeah. He says, come on, I'll help you load it up. This guy had a frustrated face when he came outside of Home Depot. Who knows how his day began? Maybe he had a really bad day. But this brother in Christ begins to load up the lumber, most of the lumber actually, in the truck. And the guy walks away, not with a smile, but a smirk. Like he wanted to smile, but he didn't smile. And he walked away like that. Conflict caused growth at that moment. That brother doesn't know, but that that, that impacted me more than reading a theological paper about forgiveness. I'm serious. When you see your faith in action, there's something about that that speaks to you. And so I saw this guy show undeserved love to somebody. He showed him love when he didn't deserve love. He showed him grace when he didn't deserve grace. And what I saw at that moment, that guy left with a smirk on his face. And I started thinking to myself, man, that would have been a great opportunity to show somebody Love, mercy, and grace. But that's not our reaction. That's not how we operate, right? So the question I have for us is have we begun to believe that we deserve mercy and grace and we're selectively choosing who to show mercy and grace to? That's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We will show grace to someone, and I'm going to tell you, this brother in Christ I had breakfast with, I will show another brother in Christ more grace than I show this brother. I'm going to be honest with you guys. But what's the problem there? The problem is that I'm being selective who to show mercy and grace to. See, this sermon is not just for y'all. This is for me, too. I'm learning through this, too, family. I don't have it all together. I'm learning how to deal with conflict, but my goal is that we would talk about conflict in a way that's healthy for you, for me, so that the body of Christ would be reconciled. Because what the enemy wants to do, he wants to create division. I'm going to be very real. A lot of reasons why people leave the church that they're at is because they have conflict with somebody. And at the end of the day, the reason why they leave is because they don't want to talk about conflict. I was one of those persons, so I know. And instead of talking about the conflict, sitting down with the person that offended them, they hold in that unforgiveness, and they walk away. But little do they know, if they don't address that, they will carry that from every single church they go to. When I mean church, I mean church body. Because if you don't address it, it's like leaving a wall Untreated for mold. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5.18 real quick. We're almost done. We have to remember that we're ministers of reconciliation. We seek the peace. I'm going to show you why. 2 Corinthians 5.18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and having entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we, family say we, We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen to me. I'm pretty much done. Why we reconcile relationships is because that's exactly what Christ did with us. Sin came in, brokenness came in, our relationship with God was separated. But Jesus comes and he reconciles us. He puts us back in a right relationship with God when we don't deserve it, while we were enemies, while we were sinners, while we had no hope, while we were dead in our trespasses, while the record of debt stood against us, while we could bring nothing, like the thief on the cross that we heard last week, we could bring nothing to God. We could bring nothing to God. But in that, he saved us. In that, he died for us. And before all that, he loved us before the world was ever formed. We bring the same message when we go and we share with somebody who's hurt us, who's trespassed against us forgiveness, mercy, and grace. But remember to always see yourself first as the offender. We always say, they're the problem. Very rarely do we say, oh, I'm I'm the problem. I'm the problem, I'm the one. I'm the way. It's me. When me and my wife fight, it's not like I say, hey, it's my fault, babe. My fault. My fault. She'll tell you I'm being real. I will argue my point, And those who know me know I can talk. There you go. I rarely, you know what it takes? It takes the conviction of the Holy Spirit to lead me to repentance. And for me to realize that what God is doing, and listen to me, this is why he's training you in this. And you may say, well, that's no big deal, Howard. If you cannot forgive someone that's trespassed against you because they lied to you or because they forgot about something, how can you love your enemy? Let that sink in. How can you forgive your enemy? Jesus calls us to love our enemies and to forgive our enemies. How can we do that if we won't forgive the person who lied to us? I'm being real, family. I'm telling you, this is the saddest truth in the church is that we ask for mercy, we ask for grace, but we don't show it. You know why? Because we've forgotten the gospel. But God lavishes his love upon you. He makes you whiter than snow. He blots out your transgressions, your sins to be no, remembered no more. He casts your sin in the depths of the ocean. Men can go to different parts in the, space, in, in the universe, they can go to the moon, and, and, and they, the ships will not crush under the weight. They're the deepest parts of the ocean that, that submarines cannot reach. No man can reach those depths, and that's where our sin lies, in a place that's unreachable by man. We've been forgiven, so show forgiveness. You've been reconciled, So reconcile relationships. And I leave us with these application points. Let's be real today. Do we have any conflict with other people that we've been holding on to? People we haven't shown forgiveness and mercy and grace to? You have to be real. Not because I'm asking you to. Because of the scripture we read in Ephesians 4.32 commands us to, not my words, Jesus' words, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, another, another as Christ has forgiven you. That's why. The person you have conflicts with, I encourage you on behalf of Christ to go and reconcile that person. See yourself first as a sinner, how you failed. And then second, count yourself as sinned against. When you do that, you will see that, man, I'm broken. I need Jesus. And I know I failed. I didn't deserve mercy and grace. I need to show it. Sit down with that person. Talk to them. Hear them. The reality is that Jesus came to fix our broken relationships. So family, let us go fix the broken relationships that we have. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't do it on your own. I'm going to tell you that again. What I'm telling you is not meant to be done under your own power. It's meant to be done by the power of God through the Holy Spirit, asking Him to lead you to repentance in how you sinned against that person. And what that will do is that God will use you in ways that you'll never see, that you've never seen. When you show someone radical grace and mercy, man, that leads people to a place where they'll their jaws will drop. I've seen that happen. I've asked forgiveness to my enemies before. It is the man, it's it's something that sounds insane. But that's exactly what Christ does with us. But you're actually seeing it in action. It's it's one of the most amazing things to see, honestly. Reconcile the relationships that are broken. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the strength, the boldness, the words of wisdom, because he reconciled you to himself when you didn't deserve it. Let's go into closing prayer. Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this day, Lord, we can be reminded, Lord, that it was through your perfect life, Lord, that you lived for us, Lord. The life that, that knew no sin, your life, Jesus, and you became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of God. Let that settle in our hearts, Let that take deep root in our hearts, Lord God, that we didn't deserve that mercy or that grace. But in reality, Lord, we had no hope at one time. We were dead in our trespasses. Like the thief on the cross, we couldn't do anything, Lord, to earn your love and your forgiveness. We couldn't move one step forward to say that we were sorry. You showed us undeserved love, Lord. You showed us love when we didn't deserve it, Lord. And that amazes us, Lord. So, Lord, lead us, Lord, to be able to show that same love, that same forgiveness, Lord. And, Lord, I pray by the power of your spirit, Lord, as your word is active and living, Lord, I pray that these words will become alive, Lord, in the hearts of of my brothers and sisters, Lord, by the power of your spirit, Lord, I pray that you would bring conviction to them, Lord, that they would forgive one another, Lord. Lord, that no longer would it be a sad truth in this body of Christ that we hold unforgiveness toward one another, but that we would forgive one another, Lord, as you have forgiven us. Being reminded, Lord, of your mercy and your grace, Lord. And then use our lives, Lord, through conflict Lord Hmm. to show us Lord how to love Lord those people who are hard to love because Lord we're so hard to love like the children of Israel Lord how they rebelled against you and over and over and over again Lord seeking idols seeking things of this world seeking out their pleasures and desires Lord You did not forsake him. Lord, lead us to repentance this day, Lord. Lead us to look to you, Lord, and how to fix the broken relationships in our lives. Use every one of my brothers and sisters here, Lord, to reconcile those broken relationships, Lord. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray, Father. Amen.